Oh, welcome everybody to the Rock Slide Podcast. This is a very special episode because we are joined by our favorite girl, Rory Rockwell, age seven. Welcome, Rory, to the Rock Slide Podcast. <laughs> She's a little shy. You have to talk into the microphone, bug. It's not awkward. You just you're having a conversation. Yeah, just there's just a microphone in front of you. <clears throat> Why did you want to do the podcast with us today, Bug? Because well, um, I'm starting to um get more like in with the um OCD because it's like acting up more. So I wanted to talk about this so my our fans can help me. Think of solutions. Mm. And maybe you might have some solutions for them. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about um, what it's like having OCD and what you can do, like, when you're getting so anxious, like, in school or anything. Mm-hmm. So you know what to do. Yeah. So tell us a little <clears throat> bit about that. What do you mean when you say that your OCD is acting up lately? So Make that- sure you talk in the mic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. So that means, um, like, it's, I used to not have it that much, but it's starting to come back up, like, I'm having, um, reactions, like, when I'm near somebody smoking, because mm-hmm. I, like, run for it. Yeah. I take a run for it. <laughs> well, can you tell us, like, do you remember when OCD kind of started for you? Um, it kind of started when I left my, um, appointments, like, because I had a really nice person. Her name was Roxanne, and, um, I was crying after the appointment because I didn't want to stop, so. What about, like, at the very, very beginning, like, before you were even seeing Roxanne and... Do you remember what it was like? Because remember how that we had you go to Roxanne because you were feeling anxious about things. Do you remember that? Not really. Not really? <laughs> That's good. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> Do you remember some of the things that you were scared of for a while? Smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rodeo sometimes. Did you say rodeos? Yeah, because sometimes people smoke in rodeos. Yeah, so. I bet they do smoke yeah. at rodeos. Yeah. Um, but um, I got over my fears of rodeos and went to see teenagers do lassoing cows and all sorts of fun stuff. Very cool. And my grandpa got me a something when I was really scared of rodeos. Um, he got me a cowgirl hat and... I'm not wearing it right now, but I wish I could be. Yeah. <laughs> you could if you wanted to. No. No. <laughs> I so, don't think that would fit with her headphones on her head. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about what happens when you see somebody smoking. Like my heart starts to pump really hard and yeah. I like want to run. And I'm like, Hello. <laughs> Do you hold your breath? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, do you think, are, are there any things that you're thinking when you see somebody smoking? Well, I think of when you put one of the cigarettes on my knee. What? <laughs> put, 
Well, <laughs> it was at the park. As she was freaking out about cigarettes, so I thought. So I'll you do poked some, her with one. I'll do some exposure therapy, <laughs> and so I saw one on the ground and I picked it up and put it on. Wait, her was knee. it like a butt? I think so. You picked up a cigarette butt and put it on our well, daughter. I was trying to show her that it wasn't like we could just wash our hands and it would be done. So I was like freaking out even more. Still gross. I know, but it but it didn't kill you, did it? You're no. perfectly fine. It didn't make you sick. I was like, run. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember having issues with cables? Oh yeah, that was so annoying. <laughs> so what? What was that like? So I, whenever I was, my mom was trying to make me hold a cable. I, <laughs> she made me hold a cable once. I sound like a terrible mother. Yeah, Randy's just like. She is from the throw you in the pool to learn how to swim school, apparently. Oh I was not gosh. aware of any of this, uh, but. Um, I just forgot. To be fair, I also worked my butt off to get her into. I'm not as, I'm not scared of wires anymore, but I, my um, LCD is acting up for two things, smoking and, um. I forgot the other. It's okay. You can say it. Is it dying? No, I forgot the other one. Oh. But thanks for putting that on the table. Well, she said that's what she said the other night. I know. I'm just kidding. I thought she might be nervous what, to say it. When you, were, when you were, just to sort of clarify, Rory was really nervous around like power cables. And like, I was freaking out. My mom made me hold an end of a power cable. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, Awkward. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so even if they were like laying on the floor under the desk, she still would freak out. Freak I would, out. She really didn't like it. I I would keep my feet up the whole entire time I was near one. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Well, I thought I am. My mom explained to me that um. They're in like this wrap, so it can't shock you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would be more protective. And plus, if it was like going to like shock you, my mom wouldn't let me hold it. <laughs> right. And plus, you would also see like the sparks of the electricity. Uh huh. So, and it would probably flame the house. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in Except place. for that one time, I did shock you. Yeah. Do you, Do you remember the the Halloween decorations? Oh, God. Do you remember that? This, this episode Rory, is like, oh yeah, Randy's terrible mother. Well, to be fair, I was here when that happened too. So we had a little like ceramic Halloween village thing that has different like houses and things that you can put on it, and there are light bulbs underneath that that light the houses up and stuff. Well, we didn't realize that one of them had one of the light bulbs had actually broke, uh-huh. and there was an exposed light bulb guts underneath it and rory was actually having a really good night like she was picking up cables and showing us that she wasn't afraid and then she t- <laughs> she touched the exposed light bulb and got shocked and <laughs> freaked out like uh i was like gonna run outside as far away as i was yeah like, yeah i'm like starting to cry just thinking of it. i did not <laughs> encourage that no, she was like, I did look, not know. look, this doesn't was- bother me at all. And yeah. then it electrocuted her. 
It did not electrocute her. You're it shocked making her. me even more worried. Oh, okay. No, you're fine. You're fine. It did uh, not electrocute you. If it did, you we... Let's not talk about it if it did. Okay, you're fine. Do you remember... Um, really? What? Why do we really have to be talking about that? Sorry. You okay? Awkward. Do you remember? Do you remember the issue you had with spit? Oh yes, 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 yes. So I was like so scared because I thought like germs would fly into my mouth, and I would like keep the spit in my mouth and spit it out, mm-hmm. and ca- because I was so afraid to swallow it because I thought I was gonna like get a weird disease because um we we learned about um. Cowpox or smallpox? Smallpox. Yeah. And I, when I heard that, I was so scared. I was like, I'm going to run out of the school. Oh, this was, okay, so this was, man, it's been a long year. Yeah. Okay, so that, yeah, that did start in first grade. Um, Are there any things I'm forgetting that were I was like, scared of hand sanitizer. Yes. Yes. Make sure you talk in the microphone. Um, yeah, that, I think that kind of started it all, didn't it? I think, yeah, yeah, because Miss Hanson, I mean, not Miss Hanson, it actually, that actually started in kindergarten. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because Um, Mrs. We didn't know about it. Mrs. Crone said if you eat it, it would kill you. Yeah. Right. It could kill you, but I'm smart enough to know that I'm not going to eat. Yeah. Right. And it's, but that... and but that's something once where once I actually um once I actually squirted soap on my mouth and then like <laughs> yuck <laughs> to show mom I wasn't afraid yeah um that was when I was like getting over that yeah yeah so that was one of those things where and like near when we were getting our new bathtub where um an adult says something my stomach starts to like crumble like. I'm just going to duck underneath my desk. Right. So so there has been stuff in the news about kids drinking hand sanitizer. And that is probably what Mrs. Right. The, her kindergarten teacher was speaking of. But when you're, when you're in a state of anxiety mm-hmm. or OCD, you it's don't, the worst thing you don't hear it right. rationally. You just hear, you hand just sanitizer, hear kill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all you uh I was all you like, hear. I was like going to go. They have no idea what you're doing, Bug. Because they can't see you. I'm, I'm showing you. She she ducked under the table. <laughs> that's what I'm showing their reaction. This is a test. What are we testing? To see if it works. To see if what works. So basically, I know that Rory says that her OCD is acting up right now, but and I'm I'm just curious to hear what's going on in her mind because, like, when it originally got to its peak, we were having a hard time even leaving the house because you were holding your breath, not swallowing your spit. Because and- um, our neighbor actually smoked, so mm-hmm. I've been like, run to the car, okay, let's leave. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm just like- and I just stepped on Tingball's treat. Great. <laughs> I bet that's gross. Do you feel like you have to do that right now? What? Do you feel like you have to run to the car right now? No. No. That's good. 
it's just that it's really sunny and like I duck my head down because it hurts my eyes a little bit. Oh. Because I, <laughs> I just found my sunglasses last night. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Digressions Weekly. <laughs> You're uh, just being so awkward. <laughs> yeah, that's, we've covered that. Daddy is very awkward. You better edit that. Okay, I, I'll edit that. Um, so what does it feel like when you, when you, when your OCD is acting up or when you feel anxious? The wire's actually tickling me. Stop it! Sit up, Bug, so you can get near the mic. I'm trying to fix the... No, don't worry about that, just... It's tickling my leg! I have to put my head in the middle one so it doesn't tickle me. Scoot up. Okay. This is awkward. Aflac. So, don't say Aflac unless they're giving us money. (laughs) It's fun to say. Yeah. Um, So, what does it feel like when you're anxious? It's kind of hard to explain. Well, try. What happens to your body? Yeah, that's what I mean. No. <laughs> My, we already went over it. It's the same thing as when I it feel when somebody's smoking near me. Okay, oh. so so spell it out. Tell us again. I'm not. So your heart starts beating really fast. And my chest feels swirly. Your chest feels swirly? It feels like a tornado in my chest. In your chest or in your tummy? Both. Both. Sure. Yeah. And that can be kind of scary, can't it? Yeah. And it can be, like, frustrating, right? Yeah. Because you're like, come on. I'm like. Why do you do this? No, I'm like, seriously. (laughs) So what, so tell us a little bit about what Roxanne and (laughs) Miss McGreevy have told you to do when you start feeling anxious. Do a belly breath. Yeah. Tell us. Can Do you, a what? A belly breath. Oh, belly. I thought you said ballet. So tell the listeners what a belly breath is. Get so up to you, the microphone and tell them. Sorry. That's okay. So you put your hands on your tummy and take a deep breath in, in and then let it out. Some bellies are bigger than others. Oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway. And so you better you, write it that, too. Okay. Do you do that when you feel anxious? Do you try to, rem- or is it hard to remember to do that? Um, there's actually a lot of solutions I know. The oh, okay. one that I really like is the balloon. Oh, okay. So tell us about that one. So you put your hands up to your mouth mm-hmm. and then rock back and forth and blow in and out like you're blowing up a balloon. Oh. oh. And then you you put your hands like it's... D- like it's like uh, a balloon getting increasing? bigger and bigger? Yes. Yeah. And then you pretend like all all the OCD went in the balloon and then you pretend it popped. Oh, Oh. that's pretty cool. I made up that step. You made up that step? Oh, that's a great step, though. Like, it's like all of it goes into the balloon pieces and then it's stuck in there and when it pops, it just goes to the ground and you can't get it again. Well, that's great. And then you just kick it in the garbage can. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great extra step. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. What's another tool that you have? Um, 
tickling my mom. <laughs> well, I was gonna say talking with your mom and dad. And tickling you—that no. always makes me laugh. <laughs> always makes you laugh. And so, can I mention like when I laugh, like I hit my butt on the stairs. Like I can't get up when I'm laughing so hard, oh. I like fall back down. Yeah. So this this most recently was probably the first time where you acknowledged that your OCD was acting up a little bit and you told us. A lot of times we had to sort of, you know, I was like crying in the night because when I was just mentioning and I was so embarrassed. You were embarrassed? Why were you embarrassed? I was crying. Aw. Well, that's one thing that's that's important for kids to know is it's not it's not something to be embarrassed about. Just like it wouldn't be embarrassed. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't be embarrassed if you had a cold, right? <laughs> Might be a little embarrassed if you have like diarrhea. Oh, sure. Don't talk about that because videos who say like things that come out of here be behind. Oh. Oh, okay. Would be taken down. Oh. Oh. The video would be taken down. Oh. Well, this is not a video, so. Yeah. It's just a testing? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to post this one? No, we're going to post it, but we don't post it on YouTube. We post it other places that aren't as concerned about things that potty come out talk, of I guess. Things that come out Behind. of Behind. Backside. You're just making me even more frustrated when you talk. Well, get used to that, because <laughs> that's what parents are for. Yep. You're not like that. Okay. So, do you feel, have you been feeling anxious in the last couple of days? Um, more like the last two months. The last two months? Yes. Has it gotten any better? A slight. A slight bit? Maybe like this. That much? About an inch better? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe ten and a half inches. That's are you good. are you nervous about school at all? Um, I the one thing that I'm really nervous is about is my teacher because I really want to get Miss Hollingsworth. Yeah. You know, whenever I uh, go through a change in my life, it happened every single year before before and during like the first few weeks of school. My OCD and anxiety would get, would act up because I have something called adjustment disorder. And it's something that I work on, but it's like when you have a change in your life that makes your body feel stressed, then your anxiety and OCD starts kind of acting up too. You know, the movements aren't going to be, they're not going to I know. Right. I was doing that more for your sake, but <laughs> so I think it a, didn't help. <laughs> So I think a really good thing to remember, what I've worked on remembering. It just looked like you were like, hot, hot, hot. What I've worked on remembering is that when I have a big change coming up, I say, okay, this is a period of time where I'm probably going to feel a little bit more anxious. So I need to work <laughs> on my tools and and sorry, my things to do that make me feel better. The sticker poked me. I feel like I'm just making you feel. <laughs> I'm not angry. This sticker right here, it's 
coming off the microphone and it poked me. Oh. You know it's not on correctly. What? It's not the, in... The sticker? I didn't put the sticker on there. What? The sticker is useless. Look. Yep. Yep. Does talking about it make you uncomfortable? A little. <laughs> yeah. How come? I feel like this is gonna be an awkward video. Well, the good news is it's not. Do you know a video. I'm drooling a little bit? It's not what? It's not a video. <laughs> no, it is not a video. I'm drooling a little bit. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's probably gonna be too long. Is there anything else you wanted to say about OCD? I'm looking at the hook right now. <laughs> My OCD is. Now started. I'm concerned about <laughs> ADD. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm just (laughs) concerned about my own impatience um, because squirrel. How appropriate. (laughs) I feel like I'm making this one off. I want to, you should probably edit out the ADD part because that when uh, whenever someone talks about OCD in a flippant way, I get a little irritated. So. Edit that out too. So, is there anything else you wanted to go over, Bug? Excuse me. <laughs> Not really. Okay. All right. Do you want to go play in your room while mommy and daddy do a little bit more? No. Please. Fine. I'm not. I'm just gonna come out here every once in a while to check on you. Okay. I'm staring into your eyes right now. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Are you going to edit that? Sorry, all headphone users. Wait, now my leg's stuck in the water. Okay. Love you. Take her bell. (laughs) (laughs) She's taking a nap inside a plastic hanger. Bell. Why don't you take those to the bedroom, bug? No! Okay. <laughs> Holy smokes. It's causing me to pick. Don't pick. Uh, I already did it. Stop it. I can't help it. It's a tick. I, I do it. it I know. Feel better. And you need to stop. No. Someone needs to create like a sticker sheet or something that people it. like that can just pick things, pick stickers off. It's just the thing that I do. I know. Do I have any nervous ticks? Do I have any Is tells? That turned off? Yeah. Nervous ticks. Yes, you do. Okay. You flip your nose. I don't know oh if that's. What? Well, what? It, it ha- Talk about you do it. it. You do it frequently at times. I do. No. Yes, I have a very itchy nose. Oh, it's so itchy thing. Hi. So it's not a. It's not. No. Uh, that's. Yep.
No, that's that's just uh, that's just uh, a thing I do. Oh. It's not it's not related to nerves. Let's say that. Though it is something that I, um, that I know I do frequently. Yeah. And it makes a loud clapping noise, and I have no idea physically how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. You are not the first person to remark on. I think it's a Rockwell thing. Well, I think there's something about our noses that just. Can um, you just find a non-aggressive way to do it? A non-aggressive way to itch my nose? Yeah. Maybe. Rory, stop. That's enough. Um, I'll work on it. Okay, I'll work on not picking. Maybe. Doubt it. <laughs> um, so let's talk about being fat. all right so in the past i'm fat i am not uh why why are you scrunching your nose i i'm not i did not even go anywhere near my nose you no you there was scrunching oh scrunch your nose i thought you said scratch your nose no no i was like that's does that word bother you what fat it does yeah why well, I think it's just become such a, uh, it's like a, well, it's probably like a political, political correctness type of thing. It just like, it, it, it hits me. It's so, well, it is nice and like terse. Like it's, yeah, it's a sharp. Yeah. Word. I mean, I guess I feel better about the word like heavy or. Husky, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> I used to my my mom used to have to order clothes for me out of the J.C. Penney catalog, mm-hmm. out of the Pretty Plus section. Oh no! Oh yeah, I was never like a fat. Kid, no, not at all. I was. I mean, I was bigger boned. I wasn't, and then when I like when I hit sixth or seventh grade, that's when I found that I really loved working out, and yeah. so things kind of. Fell off. Well, yeah, but your frame is wider. Yeah. Like, you're not a... What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, I can be... I've been a size two before. Which is really kind of remarkable. Um, So, yeah, there was a... Like I said, there was a time when I was a size two. um, And you were not in good health. I don't okay so I wasn't in good mental health right um I wouldn't say that I was unhealthy like physically but I didn't I guess I didn't eat anything <laughs> but I when, is starvation a health issue um when I went to that when I got down to a size two I had always been throughout high school I shouldn't say I'd always been throughout high school I I Stayed, I was usually between a six and an eight. So roughly, I guess in terms of weight, I was usually like 125, 130. Right. Um, then I hit a, so the first time that I got help for my mental health um, was when my parents, when I lost about 15 pounds, because I was about 110 pounds. So 15 or 20 pounds within the course of two or three weeks. Because I didn't eat anything. That'll like, do I, it. I physically could not. Keep anything down. Any, yeah. 
when the doctor gave me the prescription, part of her ask was that I eat something that I really love every day. Mm -hmm. And she goes, what kind of food do you really love? And I said, well, I really love ice cream. She goes, well, your your job is to eat a bowl of ice cream every day. Oh, my God. Yeah. Best prescription ever. I know. But I was able to, um, you know, I maintained that weight for when we met. I was really little. Mm-hmm. Then I had Rory. Things changed. Things changed. I, I gained 60 pounds when I was pregnant. Right. And now I sit... You you do, you get hung up on numbers. Yes and no. Um, I do get hung up on numbers to a to an extent, but it's more about like what I how I'm feeling. Yes, I, it's interesting. I think you get hung up on num like if you're feeling good, the number is an afterthought. If you're feeling like shit the number you would get obsessed with. Yeah, the number. that's true. That's a fair point. For me, I just know my health is like, or my health, my weight is just out of control. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, when you said that your health, I think that that wasn't necessarily a mistake because I feel like a lot of your health issues really are related to your weight. Right. And, and let's, I mean, let's be clear. Like I don't have like serious health issues right now. No, but you definitely have more than I do. (laughs) Which is not fair because Randy's a freaking temple. I was thinking about that this morning. I, um, I, what was it? I can't remember what I woke up to, but it was like I was having a conversation with myself, and one of the things I said was like, "I'm hearty." Hardy like, is perfect. I'm perfect very work. Hardy, like I just don't. The only real health issues was when your kidneys were failing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was is mental health. And yeah. Thank. I'm so grateful to have a body that just is. It functions really well. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. Not you. Oh. Um, I think things started to turn for me when I was on graveyard shift. Um, if anyone who's worked third shift knows that, like, your body is not supposed to be operating through that. Like, third shift is literally working against your natural circuit. Yeah, against evolution. Yeah. Um, so it does a lot of things to you, like, you know, your sleep's out of whack. Um, when your sleep is out of whack, you're more likely to eat crap. And really, the root cause of a lot of my weight gain was just being tired all the time. Because even when I went to second shift, because of our the way our jobs worked, it required me to uh, take Roy to school. Um, and that meant I was getting home at 11 and had to pretty much be up <clears throat> at 11:30 or at 11:30 at 7:30 to take Rory to school and if i have any sort of uh disruption in my sleep then i'm already you know have my back up against the wall so that was that felt like the turning point for me now like 
I've tried certain things. Like I did keto for a while. Keto. Yep. And uh, that worked for a while. Um, But just most recently, it's become clear to me that I just have to, I have to change my relationship with food um, because it's become a sort of a, there's an emotional attachment to Mm -hmm. um, what I'm consuming and if I'm depressed, if I'm tired. So anyway, the... uh, Randy and I have, um, we're going to be focusing on that, um, in the months going forward. Um, and, uh, hopefully this, uh, this book gives us some, um, helps us make some progress. Yeah. The book is really cool because it's not it's not a diet book. It's, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the, the CBT can be applied to any diet. Mm-hmm. I mean, diet meaning the food that you eat, not necessarily like South beach or right keto or whatever, but, um, it's, it's getting your mind right. Right. So, so, I don't think that you are fat. I think that you do have the benefit of being very tall. I think if you were shorter. I'd be a bowling ball. That'd be a problem. Um, I think that's kind of like. (laughs) Well, yes, if I was five, six and weighed what I weigh, (laughs) that would be a monstrosity. That being said, I still should not weigh as much as I weigh. Right. You, I think that you, like I said, you have the benefit of being tall, so you carry it better mm-hmm. than someone who is 5'6". Indeed. And I'm, I'm speaking from my own personal experience of being on the shorter side. It's hard. Um, because you, you, as a short person, you don't get to eat as much as taller people do right it's just physically your metabolism is lower that there's no way around it right um and so i can't try to keep up with phil in terms of what i'm eating although at this point with the activity that i do compared to the activity that you do uh, (laughs) but um I didn't mean that to sound snarky, but I do always like to try to encourage Phil to get some more activity in because I think it would help his sleep and his... by being snarky. I don't. I don't mean to. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's not like you could tell me anything that I'm not already aware of. Yeah. Things I need to work on. So. Yeah, and I I call myself fat like right at the beginning of the podcast, so I have no problem. Um, calling a spade a spade, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I am hopeful, um, based on my understanding of this book that instead of it being a diet book, it's reframing your relationship with food and, and, uh, and it's really hardwire rewiring those neural pathways that have developed over time. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Very excited by it. So we're going to do it together. 
We're going to start tonight. Yay, team. We're going to do it together. It's going to be great. Awesome. And then six months to a year, we're going to, our bodies are just going to be like rocking. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to walk down the street and people will be like, who's, who's that? Are those movie stars? <laughs> Should I get their autographs? I'll just constantly have oils on my body, like coconut oil rubbed on my my muscles. All right. So, that so Randy good. has some real plans <laughs> for uh, exhibitionism once she gets her weight to where she wants it to be. That's fantastic. <laughs> I I always like. I have people whom I really look up to in terms of, I don't want to, I love muscles. Like I just, it's, I'm trying not to be like body, I don't want to body shame myself or whatever, but, right. but I love the look of muscles on sure. men and women. Mm-hmm. I'm not um, discriminant in that area. I think that women with muscles, I think it's sexy as hell. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are a lot of men who disagree. And to what? them, I say that's, they're wrong. That's insane. <laughs> I think a lot of it is that they might be a little, uh, insecure, insecure. Anyway, um, I, that's, and so that's what I want. I want to be like, just ripped. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I can already see my traps coming. I love it. <laughs> it's like new puberty for you getting new lumpy things <laughs> <laughs> on your body i like to just rub my triceps it's true i do it's really sad but i like it and i'm unashamed <laughs> uh, i prefer you rub your triceps to pick so since this episode was kind of unplanned um do you want to try something new sure let's do a weekly shout out okay to someone that we we like or that people should be aware of or that has been a positive influence on us i know exactly who i'm gonna shout out Shout out then, baby. Um, so this happened, it might have been two weeks ago at this point, but um, I'm going to go with the theme of body positivity, and I'm going to shout out Low Chamberlain, um, the softball player mm-hmm. who bared it all in an ESPN article on, uh, what was it, body, the, the body, body issue. issue. Yeah. She, I just, it like, it changed my life to see her because I I looked at this photo of her and she, I think she would agree that her body is not the, the typical, like what, what our society deems to be sexy, you know? Yeah. Um, but I looked at her and thought, Holy cow, she is gorgeous. Right. And, that made me think to myself, like, why do I give myself such a hard time? Because I, my body's similar-ish mm-hmm. to hers, yeah. would you say? Yeah. And yet I I talk crap about my body all the time. Yeah. And 
looking at her, I'm like, my God, I should be like celebrating this body that I have. That is so hardy that mm-hmm. it allows me to move and do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Um. So that was that was pretty. I know I say life changing a lot, but mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, I remember. I remember there was a girl in high school who was just a tremendous athlete, mm-hmm. but she was. She was she had a very muscular build mm-hmm. and I mean, granted these are high school boy shitheads. So yeah. I mean, take that for what it's worth, but she, I mean, there was a lot of sniping at her about her, her figure mm-hmm. and just because she was muscular and I always thought she was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't understand like why, I didn't understand why that that build or that particular because athleticism women. was so was was cause for ridicule. That seemed crazy, especially considering considering the work she did right to look like that. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't it. Her work was you could see her work on her person. Yeah, and that's fucking cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, on top of high school boys being dumb, that's still something, I mean, that you're saying that that's still something that some guys just find unattractive and I couldn't disagree more. There are, I've had, I've had guys tell me, literally say this word for word, don't try to get too big. Ugh, yeah. And nothing, like I, I wasn't familiar with the concept of. I, I it, it goes on and it's been in my life my entire life, but I wasn't I couldn't put words to it. This idea of society trying to keep women small, yeah, physically and metaphorically, yeah. There's something about women having a big personality, having a bigger body, anything, yeah, that's bigger. That society's like, whoa, 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 you're taking up too much space, right? Sure, and. So that that comment, I just, it happened that I heard those comments before I knew about this idea or I could put words mm-hmm. to this idea. Let's be clear. These words did not come out of my mouth. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thank So, and that actually almost makes it worse because these are people with no attachment right. to you. Not that it would be cool for me to tell my wife, hey, don't get too big. Right. But. The fact that these are just men yeah. generally yeah. who think that their opinions have any merit right. on what you should do with your life. Fuck dudes. <laughs> I know. That's, and that's so now I feel like I have um, a response to that that I didn't have when I first started hearing those comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of the matter is if someone ever tells me that, I'm going to say to them, stab them in the heart. <laughs> That's a little uh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stab them in the heart with my words. Ooh. Um, but I'm just gonna tell them that I I'm I want to take up more space. Like it's my role and my responsibility. I feel like I am a good person and I deserve, and it's my right to take up more space. Yeah. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, you better watch out because I'm coming for you. 
Oh, geez. There you go. I don't know what I'm coming for, but anyway, I'm uh, your insecurity for me taking up more space has no impact on me. Right. That's just how it is. You if you are going to tell me that don't get too big, your opinion just went five steps down. It, my opinion your of opinion you. Your opinion of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um you're still a human being. I respect that. Blah, blah, blah. I love you that we are all connected as human beings, but take that shit elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, on a similar note, I would like to shout out a writer named Courtney Enlow. She writes for sci-fi and pajiba.com. And she has been like my guru for nerd feminism like examining science fiction genre filmmaking from a female's point of view um i talked about this on a previous podcast but um she was an early twitter twitter follower Ah, i followed her very early in my twitter life Mm -hmm. And she has been like an anchor point for all these great writers mm-hmm. um, that she's either worked with or is familiar with. Um, and as a fan of genre filmmaking, I love femi- feminist voices taking genre stuff to task um, for being a boys club. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if you go back to the first deca- decade I was alive, sci-fi was... It was for dudes. It was Star Wars. It was Star Trek. It was Terminator. It was, you know, all these things with male leads, male points of view. And she is she is a a just perfect person for me to follow because she's um, snarky and does not take any shit. Um, and she's from Illinois. Oh, cool. So she's local ish somewhere i don't know where she lives in illinois but and she is also she's a person who is raising uh an autistic daughter and she has been very open about her own struggles with anxiety and depression so that's that's always someone you know i'm always drawn to people who can be um honest and forthcoming about that so if you're on twitter search out uh courtney enlow check her out on pajiba and sci-fi and um she's a good read excellent that kind of brought up another topic that's been on my heart this week Mm -hmm. i was hoping that you can cut this out if you want to but i just wanted to kind of dig a little bit into this with you um i have recently been turned off more and more by Negativity, number one. And so this is the reason this just came into my mind was when you said snarky. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to, when you said snarky, like something clicked in my head like, oh, I don't know. Because is she smart, snarky? I'm not going to talk about her because she's obviously. No, let's, I'll tell you exactly what I mean is she is. She does not accept the status quo of sci-fi being a um, 
a male. She doesn't have time for insecure men. Okay. Okay. Um, who have become more poisonous and more disgusting on yeah online, and she finds very interesting ways to tell them to go fuck themselves. Okay. So it's not snark like I don't take these things seriously. I'm just being a wise ass. Yeah. It's pointed at the um the the sci-fi fan the genre bros gotcha. who think only they have ownership of these franchises. So she's one who's going to go to bat for Ray in Star Wars yeah. or the female Ghostbusters or whatever whatever bug is up bro's asses at a particular point so she's not snarky in in uh i think maybe there's something that in the word snarky that implies insincere or dismissive and it's not that yeah i think that might be where that comes up because i think i feel and and this makes me really sad but um i've i've grown to become turned off by a comedian who I formerly really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and to me, it's because of she's very, very snarky. And mm-hmm. it is rather than um, collaborative, mm-hmm. it is, I feel, kind of divisive. Yeah, it's um, especially when you're dealing with someone who is politically astute or politically um inclined well there's one thing that i i I would say i think as a comedian you would still like her oh yeah yeah absolutely i think what we have right now in the realm of podcasts is if you're listening listening to someone an hour a week or more and you've been listening to them for multiple years you know they're going to be time and especially when there's someone who is not shy about what they're feeling sure um there are going to be cases where you're going to feel like maybe i should just take a break from this right now it's not it's not sort of jiving with me because really the same thing happened to me with jay moore Oh, really? Yeah. um, And a lot of it had to do with his radio show with, you know, I could listen to him for three hours a day. Yeah. He had a three-hour radio show every day. And there were certain things that just got to be kind of too much. Yeah. Um, That doesn't mean if I saw him on the street, I wouldn't go up and give the man a big hug because he saved my life. But yeah. yeah, sometimes we just need to not return someone's calls for a little while. Sure, you know, that makes just sense. take a break. So I, I don't. I, it seems like you almost feel guilty about this, and I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that that's necessarily. I think it's a natural thing that you're going through. Is okay. is uh, you're just you aren't synced up with them right, at this right. at this particular time. I think I'm right now very turned off by militantism. Yeah. Um, And I think probably a lot of people are. Um, And I know that there there is importance to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, 100%. And I come from a place of privilege. 
to where I can be turned off by militantism. Mm -hmm. Um, and I get that. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, I wish that we could explore ways of more collaborative solution oriented, uh, rhetoric Mm -hmm. rather than fighting. Well, as the more politically, uh, sort of present of the two of us, um, I, can I though, I think I would like to, uh, push back on that a little bit, but go on. Okay. Well, let me, let me, um, I consume more political content than you. Would you say, what is the definition of politic? Um, because isn't really all relationship oriented talk political? I would say in this current environment, when you say political, it means um, having to do with our actual government okay. and our governing actions. Um, I get what, I, I, I think I'm just a little sensitive right now. So um, what I think you're talking, you're talking about person to person, like human right. relationships. Right. Um, the, uh, I, I see your, the, the, the line for me has been, um, has moved to, are you just talking and bitching or are you talking about action? And that's something that I've only recently even begun, began to hold myself to that standard. Um, it's part of the reason why I really like the, uh, crooked media guys, Mm -hmm. um, because they're advocates Mm -hmm. as well as being, political observers and, 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 and pundits, you know, they're about getting the vote out and, and, you know, advocating for, um, minor oppressed minorities and and the like. Um, yeah, I, I understand and agree with your perspective of, um, if you're dealing in the back and forth, um, Maybe it, maybe militantism is important for um, a macro level. I think I start to get frustrated by it at a micro level when okay. you're talking one on one with somebody. Um, I um, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking about one particular individual uh-huh. in my life um, that just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, in his or her militantism. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to have opinions and um, to be to uh, be. I don't know how to. I guess here, I just feel like we need more respect. I don't know. Well, I'm uh, here. Here's what I'm. Here's what I'm going to tell you. And the the past two weeks have been really bad for people who believe in. Uh, equality, um, whether that be gender equality, racial equality. Um, there are people who are, who do not um, engage in good faith. 
they have their beliefs. They're going to espouse those beliefs. And the idea that they're even having a conversation or a debate is bullshit. You know, there are are certain people who are going to say that Donald Trump can do no wrong. If that's the case, as a person who is liberal and does not want to see Donald Trump's point of view become what our country is about, I have to just dismiss those people. Sure. I have to. Yeah. They are not worth my time and my energy. But, so what? But, but, so wait, 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 wait. In a political forum, in a politi- they are in a not worth forum. my time okay. and energy. I, okay, okay. I just wanted you to... Yeah. Yeah. What has happened with me is... I have become an issues-based person. I am going to promote my beliefs and be able to ex- explain my beliefs and why I feel they're of, they're of benefit to the larger community. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that most of those beliefs are in line with one party. Sure, that makes sense. But that does not mean... Um, that I won't have disagreements within with that. that party. Right, right. Um, I think if if I think if you're a type the type of person who believes one side is right and mm-hmm. and not even is right but is infallible, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have time. For I don't that. have time for that. Right, right. When I what, agree what, with you one hundred. Right. On what that. I what I need to spend my time on are are like minded people. Who or people who are not, um, who are open-minded to talk to having having civil debate. Yeah. Um, because when you say like-minded people, that cuts out a lot of people. Well, I didn't finish my sentence. Oh. <laughs> I got frozen. Um, no, or people who are open to hearing disparate points of view. Sure. Um. I think if there's one thing that bothers me the most about party politics, especially the Democratic Party, is um, they fail to talk about their beliefs and why they're good for everyone as a whole. They're so afraid of the like Republican machine mm-hmm. that they don't even they start further back than they should. Mm-hmm. You know, where most people, you start at the most you want in a negotiation right. and work your way back. They would think like, well, if we ask for single payer health care, we're going to get murdered mm-hmm. by conservatives in the press. So let's not start there. Let's start back a little bit. And they give up. Yeah. They give, they give up, they they give up some major concessions before they even... Get yeah. to the negotiating table. And the thing that I've observed in the past couple of weeks is that the Republican Party right now is going to do whatever it takes to get what they want. We're looking at a case where Senator McConnell literally stole a Supreme Court seat from Barack Obama. I know. We're almost done, Bob. And now we have a case where the same situation is is 
has happened, Supreme Court vacancy close to an election. And he said, well, this one doesn't really count in the same way. I don't know. So we're starting in a place of bad faith. So why think you're ever going to pull those guys towards you? Um, so start with what you believe mm-hmm. and work from the absolute most you could want. Mm-hmm. And then see who you can see who you can draw to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there are plenty of polls that say um, when, when the ACA came out, they asked people, do you support Obamacare? And it pulled whatever it pulled. But then you start asking questions. Do you believe in pre-existing conditions should be covered? Of course. Do you believe this should be covered? Of course. And they say, of course, to all these things were, that were actually in the Affordable Care Act. That is, that is politics. That is clouding uh, what you actually believe. So, I mean, for me... You have to take, you kind of just have to start with what you believe, make your case, and believe that if you are making the best case, that people are going to come with you. And I don't think we do that. I think we go, I think too many people go, um, do, do they even bring up like specific issues so i think yeah i think that you're right and i also think that there are people who like myself who aren't as entrenched in um the political realm talking and when we're talking about government like Mm -hmm. i know what i believe i have strong opinions um but then there's also because i'm not like i have interests that are and that comes from a place of privilege too. I get it. I get all of this and I sound, I know that it probably sounds, I don't know. But I think the, the, the problem that I have is that there are certain people who do not allow questions. Like, right. How, like there's a, I have, sometimes I have a fear of saying the wrong thing because it doesn't line up with and I shouldn't be afraid of that because it's I don't know any different and I I want to learn mm-hmm. and I have opinions and and facts and knowledge that they don't have and that they maybe mm-hmm. should learn but and that's where that militantism comes in it's like you're wrong before you even out the gate yeah well and, and or like if I can you cut out this specific example? Well, here, let me let me try and help you. Okay. So one of the things that I I have uh, made a concerted effort to become more woke, right? Yes. To expose myself to um, to uh, experiences that are different than the white straight right. <laughs> male position 
Um, and what I found is you have to be able to, you have to be able to feel shame and know that you can do, you, you can be better because there are certain things that, um, just you don't realize how they affect. Well, a, a perfect example is me um, using ADD right. as like a snarky thing. Um, Mom, I called Brenda and asked her if she could um, come and pick me up first so I can stay for an hour and finish the pillows. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Are you going to put pants on? Yes. I'll allow it. Why don't you take a shower really quick before you go over there? Now ask them if they're going to bring you over if we have to come and get you. <laughs> you guys are busy, right? We can we can bring her over. Okay. 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 Say we'll see you when you get here. Okay. Grandma, okay, say hi to the podcast. Okay. Bye. 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 I'm going to hop in the shower now. Okay. Okay, so what was I saying? Okay, now go. One of the things that I think what I'm trying to say is like, sometimes I just want to say, yeah, I get it. You are blank. Mm -hmm. I get it. Like, okay, relax. Yeah. Like, I I hate the idea that as human beings, we have to tiptoe around each other. Um, I feel like we, I, I feel like that, almost puts up more walls than if you went into it with I don't know there's just it's just I just have a problem with this with the overabundance of well okay like with the ADD thing you didn't know that that but but like I is it the part of the person who is being quote-unquote offensive or is it the part of the person who is being offended whose responsibility is it to um like i guess there's a difference between being offensive and being and causing harm and suffering like at what point do we have to say all right we're we're taking this a little too far well it it sounds like what you're talking about is is very specific personal interactions. Probably. But yeah, so, but I well, see but it always, right. No, I, I I know you do. Um there has to be under it's it, it's I think there has to be an acknowledgement of on both sides of are you coming from a place of goodwill? Mhm. That's a good point. Um I mean, someone like myself who I'm sure has is still going to say dumb, sexist, whatever, sexist things from time to time, whether it's a an idiom or whatever. I don't mind someone telling me that was a little gross. Yeah. Because most of the time I'm going to be like, yeah, my bad. Because it, it happens. Right, right. Um, But if you are so, if you are keyed up to... Um, I think, I guess there has to be a recognition of the people who are, who are trying and making an effort to see the world from, from perspectives other than their own, 
like just the other day I was listening to um, a guy on Dax Shepard's podcast mm-hmm. who was very militant about um, Black Lives Matter because mm-hmm. he is himself, I believe, a, a, I think he's black, if I remember correctly. He was not white. Okay. Um, and Monica, that's her name, Monica Padman, yeah, um, who is also not white mm-hmm. and also a woman, tried to jump in on the conversation and talk about like a woman's lives matter type of a deal. And right. she just like got shot down. And it's like, I feel like at some point you bec- it, you become so no. about your own um, thing that you don't realize that other people also have struggles. And like, right. like that's kind of being hypocritical if you're going to be all quiet down. Your, mm. your, your stuff isn't as important as my stuff. Well, I, well one of the things that, that, that I have found um, – is that particularly within the the black community is there are very very specific struggles of black women absolutely that are that are magnified from the larger absolutely. black lives matter movement um and i think you know it's it just comes down to being willing to listen and yeah. being willing to acknowledge um, where your own perspectives are failing and working to do, you know, to do better. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you know, never dismissing someone's struggles because you too have also struggled. Right. Right. Um, and that's the, you know, um, Rachel and I talk about different things a lot and I'll often be like, But this, you know, I'll talk about something that I've struggled with and I'll say something like, this isn't to compare my struggle with your struggle. And she and she's always like, you don't have to caveat, you know, Mm -hmm. she goes, everybody has struggles and it's not a comparison game. It's not like your struggles worse than mine or mine's worse than yours Mm -hmm. vice versa. It's how can we how can we come together as humanity to lift each other out of our struggles? Right. And I, you know. This this conversation we're we're having is probably um, a good example of. I'm sure some people heard some stuff in here that would be problematic from their point of view. Absolutely. The, the difference, but the difference is we are making every effort to, you know, learn where those blind spots are. Yeah, and and you know. Because the thing about it is, like, I, 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 this, Kristen Bell says it perfectly. I want to increase, or I want to decrease pain and suffering mm-hmm. for anyone right. and everyone, no matter what race, gender, uh, religion, etc. you are. Right. I want to see you as a human being. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your story. Yeah. I want to come to a place where where we can have conversations and I can learn about you and you can learn about me um, and I just feel like the my point is that I just feel like when we come in with walls it does everybody a disservice yeah I I think I think is as um, people of relative privilege um, which I have and I totally but look understand you, you can't you can't feel guilty about that any more than, you know, 
it is where you have come from. Right. And let's but, be honest here. As a white man, you've got all the privilege. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is why I'm saying I have an obligation as a human being right. to expose myself to stories that are not mine. I guess my this is where this the thing, the problem that I had with Talib in that podcast mm-hmm. was was I felt like he didn't have any time to to help people learn. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, I'm right, you're wrong. That's all there is to it. Right. Where, you know, if I, it was like, you're a white woman, you don't understand my plight. Well, true. I, I, exactly. But help me to understand. <laughs> exactly. Help me. Right. I'm not coming into this thing. I don't want to learn. Right. And when you attack me, then that just shuts me down from my, from my, from, from, I came into this conversation wanting to learn. And when you come at me so forcefully, mm. it puts up walls. There's on a my chilling end. effect. Exactly. And so that causes me to not want to learn. And I'm trying to come into these conversations wanting to learn. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I mean, groups of people are always going to have different methodology for, um, for how they treat people outside that community. Right. Right. Um, and. Well, it's, why, it's why I appreciate. Um, I have someone in my life who you is. You guys been doing that for two hours. No, we haven't. Go. I have someone in my life who is a black woman. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate her so much because she, she. I come to her and I say, can you help me understand this? Um. Like she knows that I'm coming into it with every desire to learn and uh, understand and appreciate her experiences. And I'm using, I'm asking for her, like, you know more about this than I do. Mm -hmm. So please help me to understand how could, what blind spots could I have in this, in this situation? So what I would say is you have to be able to cast a wide net and find the people who are, are most effective to educating you and um and being a you know a good educator um not everyone is going to be uh as receptive to people outside their community they're just not um so find the voices that speak to you that are the most helpful to you Mm-hmm. Um, and the other ones accept that to, that's their, ex- yeah. that's their perspective, but that is not, it's not productive to you personally. Yeah. Um, it's not conducive to a better understanding of, of a certain person's place in the world. Yeah. We're all just so different. And I know that for some people in order to move in order to make progress, we have to have people who are more forceful. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I guess I just, I worry that it also causes people to clam up and not want to learn and not, and they're like, well, they're so, uh, I'm not going to solve all the world's problems here. Right. I'm just, you know, we need it. Need it takes all kinds, and so that's I, 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 I get that. 
So I would say the people that don't that don't um, work on your wavelength. Yeah. Just accept that they are. Accept that they are who they are. Yeah. And then, you know, because there there are plenty of people who will be on your wavelength. Right. Yeah, you're right. And will be. um, um, It just makes me, you know, it makes me sad because, you know, um, in that episode, Dax said something about wanting to, or that he wanted to be an ally. I think that's the conversation. And Mm -hmm. it was basically like, no, you don't get to say you are an ally. Right. And, and I, that just like, I was like, but, but what if you, yeah, that's straight up not helpful. What if you want to be like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I get that I don't have your same, but you know what? You don't have my same experiences. So right. what makes, I don't know. And that's, it just like, it, it churned some stuff up in me that were other, other experiences had caused. Yeah. Had caused similar emotional um, triggers and, and it's just, I just, I know that it's an idealistic idea of we all should get along. That's what we, that's what a lot of people want. But, and I know that that's not maybe realistic, but. Well, here's, here's what I will say just to sort of wrap up. One of the most profound experiences I've had in terms of gaining new insight to the black community and new understanding of what, of the, um, and the, the, the things that are still in place that sort of keep them in check Mm -hmm. was a book called a colony and a nation. Yeah. It's written by Chris Hayes, who's a white guy. So we can all be advocates for each other. Right. I mean, that's, that's what, even when we have people who uh, maybe rub us the wrong way, that shouldn't that shouldn't deter us from from continuing to advocate for for those who are less fortunate than ourselves. And it shouldn't deter us also from advocating for the people who rub us the wrong way. Like, yeah, we're all you know just because someone rubs you the wrong way doesn't mean you should love them any less. Um, it's just something that I'm working on. Yeah. And it's something that we should keep working on. Yeah. Because it's good for everybody. Yeah. I'm just going to go check on the plan. All right. We got to get our daughter to our her grandma's. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for putting up with me. See you next time on the Rock Slide Podcast. Yeah.